Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 everyone. You're on live with the real Jenny on life. Today is Monday, February 7th, 2011. Oops, I've got to mute myself. I'm getting feedback. Apologize for that. Uh, Today is Monday, February 7th, 2011, and it is the aftermath. This is the day after the North Texas Super Bowl. I'd love to call it the Dallas Super Bowl. However, it was, in fact, a North Texas Super Bowl, as many of you know. Our Super Bowl was held in Arlington, Texas, which is where the Cowboy Stadium is actually located. So we had some unique things to actually offer people who came to our icy, icy place, which was the thrill of Dallas and the thrill of Fort Worth, as well as the thrill of everything else in the middle. And thrilling it absolutely was and shocking and all of that fun stuff as we had one of the worst storms, ice, and snow events in the past 20 years. So who would have thought when we were bidding for Super Bowl that we'd have an event like that? Uh, Gee, I don't know. Oh, yes, that's right, I did. Um, I had that thought because, um, sure enough, last year for NBA All-Star, we had uh, a similar crazy experience uh, that we couldn't predict, and we had 12 inches of snow on the really first full day of NBA All-Star. So I said then, be careful. Whoever wants to throw an event, I actually told them, please think about it very carefully because you could potentially lose a lot of money on it. And so sure enough, I'm sure a lot of people who threw parties and events uh, this year, I'm sure that that's exactly what happened to them. Um, I'm going to, for those of you who are listening in or watching on Ustream TV, I apologize for all the movement around that you're seeing. Um, I am trying to play around with lights so that I don't look like I am glowing. Uh, so hopefully this is a little bit better while I do some adjustments. Well, never short of topics. I always have lots to talk about. But first and foremost, uh, The Real Jenny on Life is is an interactive show. So if you do want to call in, especially for my Ustream uh, TV people, if you do want to dial into the show, I'm not opening up the chat. I'm sorry, I'm not that multi-talented since I'm doing the simulcast of Blog Talk Radio through listening and or just with Ustream. But if you want to interact with the show, dial in three four seven six three seven one eight three seven three four seven six three seven one eight three seven, and that's how you connect with us on the show. It's so funny. I have people sending me comments. Uh, even sending me comments via, um, even sending me comments via phone and and whatnot. This was a really really active time, uh, and this is Black History Month. So this is uh, the first show for the Real Jenny on Life for that segment that I have an opportunity to do as a part of Black History Month. Last week's show was on the last day of the month on January 31st. So I do want to say Happy Black History Month to you. Um, you know, I generally, as a practice, as an exercise, I generally will jump up and want to do some major celebration and remembrance of all the people that have played a part in American history uh, that have some connection to 
black people, and that's, you know, that's the best way to say it. I'm not necessarily fond of the term black. I like African American, but it is what it is. We are all certainly part of this people of color uh, nation, which is still very divided, but that's for a different show. Um, but as I'm looking up, two two things that I want to talk about, make sure that I talk about on this show. And one is the incident, and I'm going to pull it up while we're talking. Uh, one one is the incident that happened in Ohio. So if you've heard about that, uh, I just want to fill you in. I was looking at just truly some shocking, shocking, um, shocking, terrible things that are happening with shootings. Now, you know, it seems like shootings are becoming more commonplace than not. Part of me wonders if, in fact, it is just um, if it is just par for the course because now with technology we have a chance to hear about it uh, that much faster. But as many of you know that there was a shooting, um, I want to give you the exact um why am I am being click challenged? I had the the perfect article up. Uh, let's do this one. Okay, so Omega Sci-Fi. So Omega Sci-Fi fraternity, I believe they're fraternity incorporated. So for those Omegas uh, who are listening, I apologize if I have misspoken about your incorporation. But Omega Sci-Fi, which is a a historically black fraternity, now founded in the early 1900s. Um, in Youngstown, you know, in this party in Youngstown, it's this part of Ohio, not too far from Columbus, as I understand it, um, at the fraternity house of Omega Sci-Fi, these guys come in and people are, you know, get into some kind of argument. You know, a late night party is always a recipe for something like that to happen. And so apparently some of the people that were at this party, small party too, I mean, like from what I hear, it was like 50 people there. Um, there were some people that weren't necessarily from the college that were there, and they mixed it up, didn't really kind of mix it up right, and two people left, right, two people left the party. And lo and behold, those two people came back, an altercation then ensued, but quickly as that altercation ensued, all of a sudden those two men that had left, they have semi-automatic weapons, and they start literally spraying uh, the party. When it's all said and done, uh, one person was killed. Um, he was shot in the head. He was shot, I believe, in the stomach, and then several times in, in the legs. He had several gunshot wounds. And then uh, there were 11 that were injured. Eight were treated and released within, within the same day. This all happened, by the way, early Sunday morning, so just hours, you know, uh, probably a little over 12 hours before Super Bowl actually happened, um, not that it was in the same town, but just to give you some, some perspective. And um, it's just sad. So they're not releasing as of yet what's happened to the other three that were injured but not immediately released. They're not really revealing what their injuries are. Uh, but these are all, you know, generally young people. And so um, let's see, the deceased student, I'm, I'm reading an article, by the way, from – thirdage.com, so many news sources have have this article. But just so you know, it says the deceased student has been identified as 25-year-old Jamel E. Johnson, 25, uh, who was shot once in the head and several times in the hips and legs. Uh, He was apparently, and get this, he was apparently trying to separate the group. 
just very, very sad. And so if you're a parent in particular, I really want to talk to those parents who may be interested in dialing in. Again, the phone number is 347-637-1837. Again, 347-637-1837. This just really struck me. Now, when I started hearing about um, a fraternity house being sprayed, and this is you have to forgive my ignorance, you have to forgive part of my socialism, the way that I grew up being a person of color, my assumption, honestly, and I will I will tell you this, my assumption was that these were not people of color that had that came back to resolve this beef with semi-automatic weapons. Um, it's very sad to say, but I will tell you. So it really did hit me like a ton of bricks when they showed the images of the two suspects that are in custody at this stage of the game. And they were both African-American men. And I, and it really, it just almost knocked me off my feet because I thought, wow, you know, in the midst of Black History Month, at, at, a, at a historically black-founded fraternity's house that is founded based on good principles to uplift the entire community, not just African-American community, but Omega Psi Phi, that fraternity, along with the other three historically black-founded fraternities, are designed to be role models to the community and to black men in particular. And so it, it was really shocking to me to see that the demise of this good vibe thing they had going on was at the hands of two people that looked just like them in the midst of Black History Month. And and I said, you know, I just I really weep. I weep for this day because, and I weep for yesterday, I weep for today because it, you know, it's very difficult for us to uh, make any any sort of major impact in our community when we see those types of things, when those are our examples. Now, on yesterday, there were probably 100 easily examples of young black men being model citizens, uplifting their entire community, not just people of color. But unfortunately, that's what we got a chance to see. That's what's plastered all over. And unfortunately, it is relating Omega Psi Phi fraternity with that incident, which you know really didn't have anything to do with it. That organization was not designed to uh, really foster that kind of conflict and that level of dealing with conflict. Um, if if you do want to dial in, 347-637-1837. Again, 347-637-1837. That is how you interact with with the show. I think I have a parent that I've been twisting his arm, trying to get him to uh, dial in. He is not a parent of any of the children that were at that party or attending school, but I wanted to get a parent's perspective who actually had a child in college at this stage of the game. Because I, I will tell you, the other aspects of this story that kind of make it personal to me is that, um, you know, I went to Texas A&M University, and that school is, you know, the main campus, but which is where I attended, is in College Station. And so with this main campus in College Station, we had um, the neighboring city, which was Bryan. So it's in College Station, Texas, and then Bryan, Texas, is, is right next to it. So all of the people, my camera is freezing for some reason. Hopefully it's not for you guys either. But all of the people that were a part of Bryan, Texas, that did not attend the school, people of color, there was like this level of animosity that was really difficult to explain until I saw school days, until I saw the movie School Days and got a level of understanding of what sometimes the people in the community of color, of 
what kind of conflict may occur, what's the possibility, not saying it has to occur, but what may occur uh, between the the children of color that are going to that college and the people of color that live there that did not attend that school or maybe didn't attend college at all. And so we had a lot of conflict uh, with people from the city of Bryan, Texas, which I, I truly did not understand because I'm looking at, I'm looking at these people and thinking we are in the exact same boat. We are viewed in the exact same way. And I just absolutely could not understand why we were pitting ourselves against each other when, in fact, we really needed to to strengthen you know, our viewpoints and strengthen our understanding of each other for for a greater cause, and that is to uplift our community. And so... It reminded me as I, you know, looked at some of the details of the story, and you know, people that weren't even a part of the, you know, of the school were in fact at this party, and so it was just kind of a mixture of communities and a mixture of mindsets. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that mixture, uh, but it does kind of create um, this atmosphere of, you, you know, you think you're better than we are, and that. It's just set up for conflict. And as I was talking to this parent who may not dial in, so I'm not going to reveal their name, but when I was talking to this parent, you know, I was saying, you know, what do you tell your child as they get ready to go off to college, in particular if they're really living away from home because they're, they've got to fend for themselves. They've got to identify their environment for themselves. What do you tell them? Um, you know, my parents didn't tell me anything, you know, like just be prepared for this. I just kind of had to experience it. I was very lucky to kind of be able to experience it kind of in, in the corner. Nothing really major came my direction, but some major things came to some of my friends' direction, and it was difficult for them to deal with it, and there was some conflict, and there were physical fights, and there were things. Luckily, there were never bullets or knives or things like that, but there were some very ugly circumstances that occurred uh, as a result, and it is just truly a shame that, um, you know, that it had to just really boil down to that, but it did, and so I said, you know, what do you tell your child, and, you know, he was like, I, I don't know, he's like, I never really thought about it, and even with, even with Spike Lee's movie, we still believe, we still don't think that that happens in real life, but I'm here to tell you it absolutely does, and we've got to prepare our students. I don't care what their skin color is. We have to prepare them for the dynamics that exist in a community of multicultural perspectives. That's very, very important because sometimes, you know, you've got to put right and wrong and just cast it to the side. Right and wrong is really out of it at this stage of the game. Now we're really talking about how do you effectively jump into an environment and work out your differences productively so that everyone walks away being better. You know, this circumstance I hear about in Youngstown in Ohio, you know, no one walked in with that kind of plan. It was conflict, conflict, fight, and next thing you know, there was shooting. And, you know, and there's there's a family that's got to bury their 25-year-old college student, you know, a college student that had the ability to be a very productive member of our society, but unfortunately now at this stage of the game, um, they're planning a funeral instead of planning a future. And so, you know, with that in mind, I'm going to put that to bed for now because I, I, I don't think my parent is going to call in and see if my parent sent me an, an email or a text message saying, um, let's see, 
Uh, no, yeah, he's saying he can't make it. All right, so we're gonna so so we're gonna get our uh, parent off off the hook. He's dealing with something, but that's okay. Now this is Black History Month. Uh, what I found kind of fascinating again from an issue standpoint and things that we're dealing with. I don't know if you guys realize that that today is uh that today is World AIDS Day, February seventh. And so with World AIDS Day, um very important issues that we want to talk about. Do you guys remember the uh, little girl, she was little then, little eight year old at the time that was on Oprah several years ago named Hydea. Um and Hydea Broadbent is her name, but we all knew her as Hydea. She was the eight-year-old that Oprah featured who had eight. And um, she, I mean, she hit the whole circuit. She did everybody. Uh, you know, I, probably aging myself. I guess it was Jay Leno. Maybe it was Johnny Garson. I don't know who it was then. But she did every talk show, morning show, night show that you can absolutely imagine, really trying to get the awareness out for AIDS, and, you know, then when she was eight years old, it was really thought that maybe at best she would live to be about 10 years old. And so then at that stage of the game, uh, her mother let her get married, I think at nine years old, thinking, well, she may never be able to experience this, so she let her daughter kind of be grown. And this little girl is very, very grown. Well, guess what? Hydea is still alive. I'm very happy to hear that, and she is continuing to be a spokesperson uh, for HIV and, and AIDS Awareness Day. So this is National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. I think I call it World uh, AIDS Awareness Day, but National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. So why is this important for us to have National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day? Because half of the people, it's been reported that an estimated half of the people infected with HIV and or AIDS um, are black, half. Now, it wouldn't be so shocking if our population was, was half, if, you know, half the people in the United States were black, and you'd say, well, statistically, you know, I'm this, I am this, this true researcher. So I'd say, well, statistically, then that's correct. But, uh, yeah, no, that doesn't work out that way. We don't have half the people in the United States are black. It's maybe more like 30% of people in the United States are black. But we have more of the AIDS cases. And so this day was purposely selected within Black History Month to truly bring a lot of awareness to AIDS. And so I thought, you know, you want to talk about black-on-black -black crime. You know, I just talked about that in Youngstown and what these young men, um, you know, did uh, to other people that looked just like them. Imagine you not wanting to know if you have AIDS or HIV, and the people you love and that you care about, that you are risking them and infection, them being infected with, with it's not a death sentence today because of all of the technology in medicine that has occurred. Thankfully, Hydea is still alive. But it is a sentence that you have to do an awful lot to make sure that you maintain a decent quality of living. Why would you jeopardize somebody else's life? Okay, now I'm going to tell you, you're supposed to care about your life more than anybody else, more than anybody else. You're supposed to care about yourself first, because if you don't, who will? But if you can't care about yourself, please, I beg of you, care about the people who are around you. Care care about the doctors who who may be going to to try to save your life. Care care about those people to be able to protect yourself and just know. 
Um, this is this is so near and dear to my heart, especially because I talk to people about it, and especially people of color, and they are stunned when I talk about HIV and AIDS so openly because I get tested every single year. I am very happy to say I get tested every single year because circumstances could change. And you can get AIDS in multiple ways, and so it's not that you necessarily did something irresponsible to get this, to contract this disease, um, but it's important for you to know. And so the one thing, and I will, I will give you this little tidbit of information, um, the one thing that I think is very important to know is the anonymity of you learning um, about if you have HIV or AIDS. And so a lot of people don't want other folks to know. The only, the only thing I will tell you, and this is not a this is not a national HIV AIDS awareness promoted thing, but this is a Jennifer thing. This is the real Jenny. Okay, I will tell you that in the state of our health insurance today, sometimes they like to exclude certain certain illnesses that you knew about prior to you getting that health insurance. The only thing I will tell you is when you go get tested, don't let that stop you from getting tested, but I would recommend getting tested in a way that maintains total anonymity for who you are so that if you do need to get health insurance, then you can get it and then get tested maybe at that stage through the doctors, and then it, now it's documented that you've learned that you have AIDS and you can have good positive health coverage that is affordable as opposed to coming in with this preexisting condition, which is HIV or AIDS. Uh, I'm sure everybody is going to, like, kill me for, for saying that because that might be circumventing the process, but what I really want you to do is know and so I'm going to tell you this, and CVS has, has not paid any money for this, but CVS, if you go to CVS, and I'm sure Walgreens has it and other pharmacies, but I'll tell you for sure, CVS has a home test. You can go, the home test is like 25 bucks. You go to CVS, you, you pay cash, so then, you, so then your credit card is not even tied to the purchase of it, right? Pay, pay cash. And, I mean, but you can pay card, but if you want to just make sure it's never got your name tied to it, pay cash for it, get it, bring it home. It's a little kit. It tells you exactly what to do. You actually lance your finger really quick, just a small little prick, and then you put it on this paper. You make sure you fill the blood all on this dot, basically, and you mail it in. You mail it in, they get the results like the next day, and I think in like 48 hours you can just call a phone number with a code that was associated with the kit that you bought. So nobody has to know your name at all. So you call in, it gives you all these instructions. It basically tells you um, if, if you tested positive for HIV or not, you know, yes or no. Now, this is the way it works just so that this won't seem scary, and this is a conversation we need to start having more of these. When you call in, if you do this type of way, which I highly recommend, if you do it, you call in, if you if you tested negative for HIV, so if you don't have HIV, then it'll just be a recording saying you tested negative, and that's it, right? If you test positive, they actually have counselors on the line immediately, so it's not like you're just dropped off and it's like you get this, this you know, probably to you earth-shattering news, and then that's it. They have counselors on the line that are ready to help you deal with 
what the next steps are for you. And again, they still don't know your name. And so, you know, if you're worried about people knowing that you have it, that's a very nice way uh, and an anonymous way for you to just to know. You know, BET, I think, does an absolutely fantastic job of getting the word out so that people know. When you want to talk about knowledge is power, if you do not know that you're walking around with something that can kill other people, shame on you. I know that it's scary. I know. I mean, again, I get tested every year, and I, I probably cross everything and, you know, pray because it's, it's a disease that I just don't want. But worse than me not wanting it is me not knowing whether I have it or not because there's just too many good people, just far too many good people around me for me to even begin to jeopardize their life. Okay, so I've got five minutes. If you do want to dial in, I know they're like heavy, heavy topics, but uh, if you do want to dial into the show, 347-637-1837. Again, 347-637-1837. This is The Real Jenny on Life, and it's about Black History Month and, you know, what kind of history are we making for each other right now, today. You know, what are we doing uh, for each other today? Uh, one of the charges that I've taken on uh, with taking some added responsibility with the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce, the oldest and largest black chamber of commerce in in the country, I, I just might add, www.dbcc.org. Um, one of the charges I've taken on is to really get people more connected to history. Um, I think a lot of times if you don't know the, the history of anything, you are much more likely to just throw it away. I've made the comments before that we live in, you know, in, a, in almost a, this, this, this paper towel society where we just we throw away our thoughts like paper towels and our ideas and the things around us. Like, you know, like we can just get some more and get another. But you just can't get another Frederick Douglass. You can't get another Desmond Tutu. You just can't get another Madam C.J. Walker. You can't get another Carol Mosley Byrne. You can't get another Martin Luther King Jr. or Malcolm X or any of these people. You can't get another one, And but we can create new, strong leaders. But the only way for us to measure and understand if we're strong, if we're appropriate for our community, is to understand how the community got to that place, that's knowing your history, and developing a love for getting your community where it is today to the next level. You cannot do that in a silo. You can't do that just saying, I'm just going to keep to my little self, to my little box. It just simply doesn't happen like that. And so, you know, I think that is important just to just to simply ponder on for a moment, you know, God just God bless, um, God bless those 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 people in Youngstown and all that they've had to deal with. It is um, it's just very sad. It's very shocking that again a family that had a young man that was 25 years old that was preparing for a future that they are now preparing his funeral, and there could be some other families that instead of them preparing for their children's future, they may be preparing to take care of those children for the rest of their lives, depending on what their injuries are. This just shouldn't be. Those kids and those adults that were hit by those bullets, they should be planning the next steps of their future. They should be planning those things that President Obama talked about as we uplift our community, not trying to rebuild themselves or learn how to walk or talk or whatever challenges or deficits they may have. We've got to stop allowing this to be commonplace that we deal with conflict in this way because it is truly 
is killing our communities. Okay, so I guess my topic was just so heavy that uh, that we didn't have anybody dial in. Uh, but if you, if you want to come in for to make one last comment, 347-637-1837. I'm going to end on an interesting note, uh, and I'll talk about this more tomorrow for my post-Super Bowl sports show. But Jerry Jones and the NFL under a great deal of fire today because 1,250 seats were were deemed unusable hours before Super Bowl started, which meant people who had paid $900 for those seats, $900 were told when they got to the stadium that they were going to be put in a different place or they'd be refunded their money. And people were, I mean, stock raving mad is not even, is not even comes close to all of the beeps that the newscasters had to place in for several of those people. It's not funny. But, I mean, those people traveled. They probably endured the ice that we had. And they were right at the moment of going to see, you know, hopefully this awesome game. Probably most of those fans were fans of one of the other teams, so this meant a lot for them to be here. And it was expensive. Think if the tickets are nine hundred dollars, the hotel, the flight. I mean, this is probably easily a three or four thousand dollar affair easily, and that's if they're not going to parties and events at night leading up to it. Um, and so it's just very, very sad, just you know, that this that this happened. But at the end of the day. Uh, reason it happened is because, you know, the uh, handrail that people hold on to as they're going down the stairs to get to their seat, yeah, so, somebody forgot to install it. And so because of that, the fire marshal said it's, it's not safe if there were to be any sort of incident. So it just sounds like somebody forgot a step. So we got to be purposeful in our lives. we got to know the information, know ourselves very carefully. Guys, I cannot thank you enough for joining me on the first on the first episode radio show for The Real Jenny on Life in February. Please take your time to know a little bit of black history. If you can want to learn more about the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce, go to www.dbcc.org. That is my time. I will see you tomorrow if you're tuning in for The Real Jenny on Sports at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. And, of course, I will have Willow Ridge High School as well uh, uh, trying to revive the high school. That's it. Have a great one. Thank you.